Hello my friends, you are listening to a podcast where we are aiming to understand Russia's past in order to predict its future. On the anniversary of war with Ukraine, Putin addressed the Russian nation and basically repeated the old and well-known rhetoric. The West is evil which aims to enslave the Russian nation and he is in the charge of military operations in order to avoid such kind of destiny for Mother Russia. This kind of wording looks fun not only because it repeats Alexander Lukashenko's scenario, which a few months ago became the main theme of internet memes. If you speak Russian, you probably remember the level of usability of words. A ja сейчас вам скажу, откуда на Беларусь готовилось нападение, which may be translated like I will say from where they were planning to attack on Belarus. But also because it tries to target not only Russian but Ukrainian nation as well. Putin still argues that he has no problem with Ukrainians. They are brothers from blood and soul. Russians are going to rescue their kid brothers and then they will go with a united force against the cruel West which aims to forcefully settle the cult of gender-neutral God on the holy land of Russian realm. This is how Putin sees or claims to see events that took place in the last year between Russia and Ukraine. Such a plot may be useful to some kind of Russian propaganda movie, but it's completely useless to convince anybody, especially someone in Ukraine. Ukrainians clearly know that they are not going against tanks for the tremendous victory of gender-neutral God. They are acting so because their homes are constantly under attack. Only demand that Ukrainians have to the West is not to stop merch of gender-neutral God, but to carry out the duty of sustainable supplier. Dmitry Kuleba Minister of Foreign Affairs is proud that question should the West supply Ukraine or not will not be actual anymore. He says that now the subject of discussions has different formulations. If the word of 2022 for us was weapons, the words for 2023 are um, speed, speed of delivery and sustainability. Everything that has been pledged has to arrive on time to be relevant. It's important, you know, it has to be relevant. Relevant for the purposes of our victory. The idea that Ukraine requires military support became so obvious at the Munich Security Summit that it triggered jokes putting German Chancellor Schulz in an awkward situation. Let's listen to his conversation with CNN foreign correspondent Christian Amanpour. Um, obviously, one can't put a date on the end. However, it does depend, I suppose, on the amount of help that you send and the speed with which you send it. So no point in going over the length of time it took to get the Leopard tanks, um, and for you to say that, the sort of choreography between the UK, US, and Germany. But now you seem to be in the position of having to persuade all those other countries that were trying to get you to send the leopards or le their leopards to actually send them 
Why? <laughs> Tja. There is a question I have to, uh, to ask to others, especially those who were so much uh, urging me to act in a special way. And I will just repeat, the only strategy for being united is never doing something just for your own and to discuss with your friends and partners, and this is what we did. And I'm really appreciating very much the strong alliance with the United States in this case. It is very good that we did a lot and not just the last step together. And I'm sure we will continue to be together in this very difficult case. Not only existing government leaders, some experts with scientific backgrounds who always were vocal about the necessity of keeping some kind of sphere of influence for Russia in Eastern Europe and even advocated against NATO's enlargement on the East now are speaking that this war showcased the whole nature of Russian imperialism. For example, Fiona Hill, a scientist who served as a special advisor to US presidents, warns us that Putin is a former wrestler and that is widely seen even at the negotiating table. I mean, that's kind of when it becomes, you know, very difficult about laying things out because Putin always wants to know what's your move. He's not a chess player per se. I mean, we always use chess as an analogy. I mean, I think we all know that he played judo and um, he was actually very proficient at it. He was a, a judo champion. And he's always looking to see what his opponent's um, leverage points may be, what their weaknesses are, where their strengths, what their opening type of move and what kind of grip they're likely to get. And he plays it over a long period of time. I mean, you excel at judo over tournaments, you know, one bout after another. So, you know, it's it's very different from, you know, kind of how otherwise you might approach things. And so he's always sizing us up. He's trying to say, are we completely unified here? Are all of these debates uh, leading to a suggestion that we're willing to give up Ukraine? I mean, how much are we willing to give up? How much are we willing to, you know, basically support Ukraine and its fight to roll Russia back again? How far can he go? That's what he's trying to figure out. This is a situation at this moment. Hope that next February will be a time of peace and all nations suffering from the arrogant plans of some selfish leaders will spend their energy on the best future of mankind. Don't forget to like and share this content. Please follow me on my podcast website as well. If you are listening to me on YouTube, the link is in the description of this video. That's enough for this moment. Stay tuned and goodbye.